countdown to hell. Was that the countdown? Oh, I thought that was going to be the countdown to us seeing your face. That would have been awesome. <laughs> it's, like, it's like in Royal Rumble when they like announce the next wrestler to join in. Boop, 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 boop. Glass shatters. Rattlesnake! The rattlesnake is here in WrestleMania! Man, it's weird not being able to see Greg's face. I love being the Stone Cold Steve Austin of podcasting. That's what I always say about you. I always say that, Greg Foster. Hello, hello, and welcome to Unsalvageable, a Utah jazz podcast with me, Sarah Todd, jazz beat reporter for the Deseret News, and as always, my co-host, Greg Foster. Uh, Greg, did you enjoy the NBA draft? Can you tell the people what my name is on this recording right now? The Taylor Hendricks Enjoyer. So I, I think the name answers your question. You know, you are... An exceptional journalist. You are the Utah Sports Writer of the Year, so I think that you yeah. can connect the dots. I mean, and also, well, the people you're in, you're in the Carolinas right now. Yeah, I'm in North. I'm in Winston Salem, North Carolina, for the National Sports Media Association like annual Beautiful. banquet convergence summit, and uh, tomorrow night we'll be accepting the Utah Sports Writer of the Year award. And I was on a panel today Please about. <laughs> It's on a panel today about women and in sports journalism, and oh my god, like these little baby, cute, no adorable. Thing. I don't know why. Uh, yeah, these little college uh, college students, these girls that are here, they like came up and talked to me after the panel today, and they were, God, they're so cute, and I just wanted to That's wrap adorable. them up in my arms and just tell them that everything was going to be okay and protect them and, and tell them to choose a different industry because <laughs> that, way they can make, that way they can make some money in their life. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah. I'm so stoked about a journalism degree. Yeah. It's been really nice. It's been really fun. And um, yeah, so I'm excited about tomorrow night, but more importantly, what more important than me or any award uh, the Jazz's three draft picks. Number nine, they took Taylor Hendricks. Number 16, they took Keontae George. And number 28, they take Bryce Sensabaugh. Um, now, I, I do have to say something really quickly. His name is not Keontae George. It is Keynote George because that's what my phone autocorrects it as always. Perfect. Keynote George. Um, Keynote George. Yeah. I... <laughs> I uh, texted my boss earlier today, and I was talking about a column that I'm writing, and it yeah it autocorrected that to Colin, and so because I typed Colin Colin's Keynote, name, that's Colin Keynote, Colin Keynote George, famous Love basketball it. player. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, go ahead. You 
you spent a lot of time, many an hour, yes, analyzing the draft, watching film, you know, being an actual journalist while I was, you know, I don't know, doing whatever I do, being okay. an idiot. I want your give me your initial thoughts on how the Jazz did. I'm actually pretty surprised that they took all three picks. Like I'm, that, I'm 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 pretty surprised about that, honestly. I'm pretty floored, to be honest. I thought the draft was going to have so much more chaos than it did. Everyone did. The weird. I mean, I've listened to a lot of people talk about this draft now, and everyone thought that there was going to be so much movement. This this draft in particular had the potential for so much movement, and then it's not even that it didn't live up to that. There was like no movement. That like it it underwhelmed. Well, I mean, <laughs> so listen, as was, someone who has been married for the better part of a decade, mm-hmm. who loves to build things up and disappoint, <laughs> yeah. I relate. Yeah, yeah. It's it was so strange. That I mean, that being said, though, the jazz deciding to keep all of their picks. I I wouldn't necessarily have taken the players that they selected at 16 mm-hmm. and 28, but I really respect the way that they decided to use those picks. Because I think that Can number nine... Can you elaborate nine, on that? Yeah. At number nine, I think Taylor Hendricks, and we'll get into him a little bit more here in a few minutes, but that's an obvious pick. It's a great pick. It's mm-hmm. on, that That's the one. You did it. Great job. If you decide that you're going to keep 16 and 28 and you've already got a really good player that you can pretty much bet on is going to be like kind of a starting rotational player eventually down the road, then like, let's take a swing. Let's, let's swing on some stuff. Um, yeah, let's get silly. Even, even in a draft that was like this stacked and that has so much talent at 16 and 28, you're not getting guarantees there. And so right. even if it had been like Jalen Hood Shafino, that he has like a ton of upside, but that's not a player that you can like 100% bank on like translating to the NBA. A lot of these guys are just sure. not going to pan out. And so if, yep. you're, if, you're, if you're taking three draft picks and you're just like, all right, we're going to house the talent and see what develops. I like big, I like the big swings at 16 and 28. And that's what I think they got is like uh, Keynote George. <laughs> he, he's honestly like if you're talking about like the kind of a prospect that you are gonna have like a ton of confidence in like he's not he's not that guy coming in but like if he develops into right. what he looks like he can then like he could be like Devin Booker right like he has that level of power right. as a scorer and so that's a nice swing it's like if he ends up being like kind of a sixth man, guy like that's great but like if he ends up scoring like Devin Booker that's even better right so that's the kind of swing there and then with Bryce Sensabaugh out of Ohio State man there's a lot of worry there there's a lot there is a lot of worry because he had two meniscus tears in high school and then had another knee surgery in March so like right before you're 20, if you've got three knee procedures, like that's not saying a lot of good stuff. Now, that right. being said, if he can stay healthy, like if if he is able, if that's been taken care of and it was just like, you know what, that was some fluky stuff when he was young, 
mm-hmm. the way that he scores the ball is like he's a bucket. If you mix Demar Derozan with Desmond Bain, <laughs> and so yeah. if if you're able to keep a guy healthy and you get scores at the caliber that Keontae George and Bryce Sensabaugh can be, then great. And if the, if you end up two, three years down the road saying like, you know what, we just didn't hit on 16 and 28, that's fine. That's also fine. Yeah, that's just fine. And you know what? Like, they can be assets for the future. You know, and I, this is, my my take is, is that, We've, and we've talked about this. The Jazz have some pretty glaring needs. Mm-hmm. They were a really nice story last year. They overachieved, but there are some glaring uh, chasms, not even gaps, chasms in that roster. And they are pretty far away from being a contender. Oh, yeah. Uh, two of the most glaring gaps are scoring and defensive versatility. Mm-hmm. And I thought they went into the draft and tried their best to address that. Right. And jazz fans, you have to understand like draft picks are not quick fixes. This is all And they're not guarantees. Right. And the jazz were never going to be a draft pick or three away from besting the Denver nuggets in a seven game series. No. So understand that this is a marathon and not a sprint. And what the Jazz are simply trying to do right now is collect as much talent as possible, figure out what works. I mean, it's the same process that they were having last season, too. There's going to be a lot of experimenting and there's going to be a lot of figuring stuff out. But they did go out with a mentality of we are going to try to address these glaring gaps in defensive versatility and scoring. And I thought they did a good job of that because Bryce Sensabaugh and keynote George can get buckets. And when I watch Taylor Hendricks, I see, I think his ceiling is a better version of Jeremy Grant. And if that's who you get, that's a really, really good player. Yeah, I think I've I was thinking a lot about Jared Vanderbilt and like what everyone thought he was or hoped he was. And like right. everything you wished that Jared Vanderbilt was, Taylor Hendricks already is. And so like he's more he's he's a better athlete. Yeah. He's a better shooter. He's smarter he's so versatile. And watching his, his defensive highlights, he can he can guard three through five really competently. And if he gets in a pinch and gets switched on a point guard, he's going to be able to hold his own. Yeah, he's and like so athletic. Part of the reason that people really like Jared Vanderbilt is because he offers defensive versatility. But then the downside of that is that he his offensive game is such a is so bad that you can't really it's keep him on the floor because. He just plays himself off. Taylor Hendricks, though, he has the same defensive versatility and the same tools and weapons, and he's so good on that side of the ball. And then you turn him to the other side, he shoots at like 40%, and he has like such such nice, good touch, too. And so if he gets near the rim or he's playing as a lob threat, like he's he's just good offensively. And there there were some highlights I saw that really got me excited. 
where he catches the ball on an ISO situation, attacks the rim, and finishes over a big. Or yeah, can exploit so a catch. Yeah. I I mean, you tweeted out that quote from the NBA exec who said that, like, yeah, any the room you're in, the Thompson are going to be the best athlete as long as Taylor Hendricks isn't in that room. Yeah. Yeah. That, I, that, that was... Like the first day of the draft combine, that was I had an executive, a Western Conference executive, tell me that, and it was one of the most interesting things because, like, as I'm starting to get into like really digging into draft prospects, to hear somebody talk yep. that highly about Taylor Hendricks on the first day of the combine, I was like, okay, well, this is a guy I really got to pay attention to, um, and then it ends up just that being one of the first things someone said to me, and then the Jazz eventually taking him, so. Um, but like, it's um, exciting. To your to your point, you though. Have to be yeah, and to your point, um, without shoes, he's six eight point two five, um, with mm-hmm. a seven foot point five wingspan. <sighs> so yes, he Big can boy. finish. He can finish over dudes because he's so long, and so it just. I and also, uh, absolute sweet boy. Uh, and that's what that's one of the things that I think is really exciting, and I'm I'm actually writing a column about it today, so that'll be out for people to read about is the the character of these guys. And I know that's like kind of a it feels really cliche and it feels very jazz to say like these are really high character players, but that's so much more important than I think a lot of people really think it is. Um, and I know a lot of people were wondering. Well, like, yeah, and like when you're, I think that looking at where Cam Whitmore slid to, I mean, he was projected to be like a top five pick, and then he ends up going all the way down mm-hmm. to 20. And like, yeah, there was some like medical red flags that I think a few teams had, but like I've heard from at least five teams now that were worried about some character stuff with Cam Whitmore and that's not, that's not to say that like, he's a bad guy. Like there, I didn't hear anybody say that like they were seriously concerned, but compared to Mm -hmm. another guy on their board, like that, that stuff will make you lose out. And so the, the guys, the jazz picked, they just all seem like so sweet and so hardworking and so willing to put in whatever it takes just to get a chance to be on a roster like none of these guys think that they're the best thing to happen to basketball and none of these guys are divas like um they're just really hard-working kids mm-hmm. my question to you is i've seen some some complaints of jazz guys talking about and even like national folks talking about the redundancy of Lowry and Walker Kessler and now Taylor Hendricks. And I, I'm focusing on him because I think he's the guy who's going to get the most run out of these picks. Like he's a guy I think the Jazz are yeah, going to want in the roster opening day. What do you what do you say to that? Do you think he can match with Lowry yeah. and Walker Kessler on court? I mean – yeah, the, I just think anybody who thinks that those guys aren't going to play well together, like number one, didn't really watch the Jazz much last year, or like haven't haven't watched a lot of basketball. Um, Lowry mostly played the three last season. I mean, yep. he, I, 
and also I, I, positions in basketball anymore. Yeah, I don't want to like I don't want to get into a whole like basketball is positionless uh, in this era because like there are positions, but at the same time, when you've got a guy who's seven feet like Lowry and plays the way he does, like who yeah, the f- cares what position he plays, and also he does not play at the four, and mm-hmm. clearly Walker is like a rim running big. And right. Taylor Hendricks would be playing for, and also Taylor Hendricks mm-hmm. is an incredible weak side like rim protector, so that's yeah. very good to have a, next to someone like Walker who would be like if he's attacking, if he's going on a closeout or something, and you've got Taylor Hendricks sliding in from the weak side to help out, and you already know that he's adept in that area in his game, then like you're uh-huh. welcome. So anybody that's like, oh, this is redundancy. It's like okay, well you just don't know how the Jazz play or how basketball works right (laughs) i'm just i'm just thinking about a lineup right now of chris dunn ochai lowry taylor hendricks and walker kessler and the absolute just defensive powerhouse that could be yeah and i mean also like like, that's that's a scary lineup of versatility and tenacity and I think that can cause so many headaches for other teams on the offensive yeah. side of the ball. And every team right now is facing the next 10 to 15 years of trying to guard Victor Wimbanyama. So like you better all be getting longer. Right. So yeah. like also if you're if you're wondering about like redundancy of tall people then go talk to victor about how he said that he's not a center like it doesn't matter you just put guys where they succeed and so um yeah it's kind of the modern day roster you want you want length you want athleticism you want versatility you got you want guys who can do a little bit of everything yeah and that's why yeah, that's why everyone was so obsessed with Anthony Black in the draft because he's like a six-six point sure. guard. So like positional size is important. Just because you've got two tall guys that play the three and the four, like I don't care. Switch them up. Play one at four and one at three for ten minutes, and then do it the other way around. Like I don't know how you necessarily would be able to tell the difference. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I mean overall. I don't know if I would give the Jazz a you know a full blown A on this no, draft, but they did. They did. I think they did really well in addressing needs. I'm really excited. Uh, I'm going to be at summer league to watch these guys. They seem like they're all uh, pretty anxious to get on the court. It's going to be yeah. interesting. Uh, I and like we also have to keep in mind, you know, free agency is next week. The Jazz have sixty million dollars in cap space. You know that they're going to be making offers. Like this, this is not a complete roster. Is ultimately what I'm saying, and I am very intrigued to see what happens next week. Yeah, and I'm also excited to see, you know, the way that the season is going to play out. Like you said, like this is not a contending team. I don't think that they're going to be make making deals, trade whether that's through trades or through free agency, uh, to try to make this a contending team this year. Like. They've got a lot of young talent they want to develop and they want to kind of see where things are going to fit. And the best way to do that is with patience. Um, yep. And, and just like last season, like to be able to kind of let the chips fall where they may and see where the cracks are in the roster 
I think obviously we still don't know what's going to happen at point guard. That's a, that's a very interesting part of the Jazz's roster, and maybe they're leaving that open because they think they can fill that Excuse me. <laughs> through trades or free agency. Dude, the guy that hates it when I burp is going to love this part. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's one, one guy that's going to be in my DMs about this. <laughs> uh, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> But yeah, uh, I, so there's there's just a lot on this roster that <laughs> I can't get over the fact it's that so he's burped. <laughs> this guy's going to be uh, very mad and apparently he has an Alex Jones voice. He's going to be so mad, especially because it's like derailed the podcast. How the hell? <laughs> uh, well, if he didn't, then... How the hell do you, do you conduct yourself as a lady? And a journalist when you burp on Mike. <laughs> oh, speaking of Alex Jones, speaking of Alex Jones, remember at your birthday when uh, your wife discovered Alex Jones for the first time? <laughs> oh my god, my sweet of, not online wife who was, discovers one Alex of the funniest Jones things. One of the funniest <laughs> things that I've ever experienced is her watching a video and being like, "Is he serious? Oh my god, he's so dumb!" And we're like, "Yes, we've all known she's this." So, she's so pure. I I know. I, I know. It. I love that she does not have the brain worms that I do. I know. Oh, to be yeah, not shout online. Out, shout, out, shout out to my not online wife, Lindsay. We love you. Shout out to Lindsay. We love her. Uh, the yeah. the overarching point of all this is just to say that. I think I agree with you. I would not give the Jazz an A, um, because because it's not like I think they absolutely knocked it out of the park, and because there's no guarantees with uh, guys like Keontae or Bryce. But sure. it's a really intriguing way that they chose to go about the draft, and so I would give them probably like a B plus for for at least taking some chances, and we'll see if it pans out. You know, grading grading drafts are always easier after we find out what the players are like. <laughs> so Sure. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. Yeah, exactly. I'm excited. Um, we're going to keep this one short today, though. Uh, I think that we're going to wrap this up here. Um, I'm, I'm in North Carolina. Uh, Greg and Matt are dealing with stuff out in Utah, but we just wanted to make sure that we got kind of a quick reaction uh, out to you guys, at least before the end of the week. And so, mm-hmm. there it is. You're welcome. And you guys, you guys know what to do: we'll rate, review, subscribe, download, do all the things. You can follow Greg at Dad Sham Dad. You can follow me at NBA Sarah. You could follow Matt if it, anybody would care about the things he would care about, and then search for those things. But they're you stupid. Follow so him. Cares. <laughs> yeah, that's the correct noise. Um, yeah. But yeah, stay tuned. We're going to come back later this week and kind of talk about things a little bit more in depth and gear up for summer league and free agency and all of it. It's all coming fast. So, and, you know, here at Unsalvageable, we just love when things come fast. <laughs> we already talked about disappointments. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Matt, good luck. Um editing this one. I don't know how you're going to get around that one. Alright. Love you guys! (laughs) Bye!